whatever time it is uh, when you're listening or watching. And welcome back to Ludacast. Hey, <laughs> There's hey, no hey, way. Luda, hey, hey, hey. yeah. no. Hey, hey, hey. Can we even keep that in? All right, today I am joined by a special friend, Mr. Isaac. We met years ago on tour, and then you joined us for the Fozzie tour when we actually got to not only kind of meet, but actually learn about each other. So this is Mr. Isaac, everybody. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, this is very exciting because I feel like you were one of the first people to not only believe in my streams, but also push me to do them. Um, <laughs> you literally helped with sound on tour to help my streams. And I would come back to the bus and you were watching my streams every night. And like, <laughs> I would go to my bunk and be like, so sweet. <laughs> so um, before we well, get I into the tour. That, you know, that your audience got to hear uh, or at least be a part of what was going on. I mean, what a what an amazing opportunity for you to have to be on tour with you know a band like Fozzy and uh, to be in front of you know a, a large crowd and you know for your fans and for the people you know watching, I was like, I want to make sure that they're they're being able to feel the excitement, the energy, not just you know be able to visually see it, but to also hear what you guys were doing. So yeah, it was very important for me to make sure mm -hmm. that your your streams were were sounding better. Mm. All right, so before we get into the tour and everything that happened there, um, if you don't know who Mr. Isaac is, he was our sound engineer on that tour, but you have been doing it for way before then. Um, <laughs> how did you kind of get into doing sound and what kind of pushed you into that area um, of, like, I know you worked with your church and then you've been, right. like, doing other shows. So what kind of pushed you into that? So uh, we're going to go way back uh, to early Isaac. Uh, early Isaac grew up in a home whose dad was a traveling evangelist, a minister. Uh, he used music uh, as part of that. So um, every house that we lived in, we always had a recording studio. So I kind of grew up around recording studios and also around live sound. Um, I knew it's something I wanted to do, but it was one of those instances where, um, you know, you kind of look at it and go, there's really, you know, can you really support a family doing this kind of thing? So dad always wanted me to become a chiropractor or something in the medical <laughs> field. Uh, like every parent, I mean, every parent wants the best for their kids and wants their kids to, you know, succeed and not have to struggle and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, God, I feel, had a different plan for my life. And uh, it was definitely a passion of mine. Um so by the time I turned 16, my dad in, had introduced me to a cousin who was in the industry. And when he said, we have one in the, you know, a cousin in the industry, I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I'm, I'm thinking since I'm Latino, right, um, <laughs> that, you know, we're talking mariachi music or something like that. You know, I was like, I, I want American mainstream. And he's like, no, no. He goes, he's in the industry. And I was like, well, who's he worked with? And he said, well, people like Stevie Wonder, Taste of Honey. A couple of other groups and then he's like but what he does mostly now is mix films I'm like films and he goes oh yeah he's worked like on the the first original star wars movies so i'm 16 years old my dad introduces me to this guy <laughs> uh i go visit the 20th century movie lot 20th century studio movie lot in hollywood because that's where i was living in california at the time and i walk in he's married he's mixing a mike myers movie called so i married an axe murderer and um, I'm sitting behind this huge console, 
uh, faders are moving, things are going on on the <laughs> screen, all sorts of stuff. And I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and at the age of 16, I was offered a job at that studio. Um, they basically told me I wouldn't be running the console, but they would teach <laughs> me everything I needed to know. Uh, so that kind of propelled me into this, like, well, I'm going to learn everything I possibly can. Uh, I didn't take the job. Uh, my parents <laughs> wouldn't let me live in Hollywood. Um, and you that's okay. Been, you could have been working on all the Star Wars. You could have been in that. <laughs> They're all back. <laughs> true, true. Um, but, you know, it it definitely it gave me a desire to chase something mm-hmm. and and work really hard at it. And so I studied everything I possibly could. Uh, by the time I was, I think I had been married for about a year, uh, I decided to go to college for it. And um, and while I was in school, my teacher just, my professor just said, listen, he goes, you know a lot of this stuff. He goes, why don't you just go out and start looking for jobs? And so what I did was I would go to, you know, watch bands play at churches or, you know, events and stuff like that. And I'd walk up and say, hey, I'd love to mix your sound. And so that just kind of propelled and, you know, perpetuated and it just, I got better and better at it. And then eventually uh, a ministry that was based out of Kansas City uh, came to California and they were like, hey, we need somebody to travel with us. So I was like, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. And uh, I moved out to Kansas City and then kind of was a part of that. Uh, Traveled and toured with them for a little bit and then ended up in a recording studio out here in Kansas City. Um, worked on projects with the Backstreet Boys, uh, Good Charlotte, John Mayer, uh, Ben Harper, uh, Ben Folds, uh, you know, just a, a slew of people. And so I got to learn a lot from a lot of great people. So that's kind of, you know, how it started and then just mm-hmm. kind of how it grew. Uh, and I would say a lot of it was just because I feel like God opened the door for me just to kind of walk through each one of those doors. I never chased any of that stuff. I just wanted to be better at what I was doing. Yeah. And with that brought people from the industry to, in a sense, mentor me or at least give me tips and tricks or understandings of how things were working. So uh, yeah. it was, I think I've had a fantastic, fun life. <laughs> um, but, you know, in that process, I also ended up going on tour with Super Chick. That kind of started my touring, more of my touring days. And then meeting Mr. Joe in Seventh Day Slumber mm-hmm. through that process, and then meeting you guys. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you um, you said like people taught you certain things, who was do you think the most influential in that process? And like things that you're like, if I didn't learn this, I wouldn't be where I am. Ooh, that well. So there's there's probably a couple people that have fed into that. Mm-hmm. Number one, I would have to give props to my dad. Uh, my dad taught me a lot about how to work with people and in this industry period uh, Mm -hmm. you're working with people uh, lots of different types lots of different you know you have your creatives you have your logistical people you have all and so you have to as as the position that I'm in I have to know how to work with everybody Uh, a hip-hop artist is different than a gospel artist a gospel artist is different than a rock artist and so you have to know how to either talk lingo or that kind of stuff. So that was kind of the big thing I think my dad taught me, which was to love people, uh, treat them right, and treat them with respect. Yeah. And I think a lot of that went a long way. Now, as far as the technical aspect of stuff, uh, there, my mentor for that, his name was Don Miller. 
And he was the one who kind of gave me the uh, the opportunity to work at the studio here in Kansas City. And uh, I didn't start off again. I, you know, sometimes you just don't start off in the in the studio. You know, I was a yeah, guy okay. getting the coffee. I was cleaning <laughs> the studios. I was rolling up cables. I was cleaning toilets. I was making tape duplications. Uh, if y'all don't know what tapes are, ask your parent. <laughs> Um, but you know, I would also have to make duplications for the radio stations for radio commercials and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. and then eventually, you know, if there was downtime, he would bring me into the studio and go, let me teach you how to do this. So that was the technical aspect of it. But also Don and his wife, uh, Tara Miller, um, taught me a lot about uh, communication in a clientele type fashion, right? So my dad taught me leadership, loving people and all that kind of stuff. They taught me, you know, the whole business aspect of and technical aspect of working with artists and people and just treating people right. And so when it, you know, kind of lined up with what my dad was teaching, I was like, well, this fits perfectly. Yeah. Um, so really, in, in my life, those are my two biggest mentors uh, and biggest contributors. Uh, as far as, you know, anybody else, uh, I would have to say Johnny O, who is a uh, mix engineer for the Newsboys, mm -hmm. uh, was also a great resource you know i could ask him a question and he would be able to answer or at least give me a direction of you know what to look at or where to look at gotcha. um but then you know as 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 social media has started to progress and stuff uh more and more engineers are even you know are, are open to answering questions when you have something uh mm -hmm. a lot of them really want to communicate and connect with other young and up-and-coming engineers and that's kind of you know that's kind of my heart as well so that's crazy. I think it's so important that even when you said you were doing like making coffee for people and cleaning up, you still had that drive and passion and you didn't give up. You weren't like, ah, like I'm not doing what I actually want. So I got to start something else. And I think that whether you believe in God and you think it's God or you believe in something else, you just think it's kind of bringing you on to where you should be. It's all about like patience. Like that taught you patience. That taught you compassion oh, yeah. for people i'm sure you worked with people who are rude to you but it taught you like how to interact with those people and still show them love even though you were like, kind of at the bottom of the food chain and now yeah. that you're where you are now and you're able to kind of see like hey i want to treat the people where i was with the compassion that either i was or wasn't shown and i think that it's really important because people want to jump they want to jump from beginning to like i want to be there and it's like you, you can't jump there because you may get there, but you won't know what to do because you didn't go through the entire process or journey. <laughs> right. You, you, didn't, you didn't build the foundation. You didn't yeah. build the you don't have the uh, it's something to stand on. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if, if you don't have those lessons, I, I think a lot of those lessons were very important for me. And yeah, you were right. There were some clients. I mean, I could probably count on one hand how many times I've actually had a client yell at me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it was it was it felt so demeaning. Um, but what I learned out of it was I never want to treat anybody like that. I never want to make anybody ever feel like they're inferior. Yeah. Uh, if, if a mistake was made, well, let's figure out what the mistake was and how do we not make that mistake again? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what is it that, you know, was the end result kind of thing. And a lot of those clients ended up coming back and apologizing to me when they, re mm -hmm. I mean, when, when I wouldn't, yell back or I wouldn't scream back or whatever. I was just, I would sit there and just kind of listen to them and just kind of politely respond. Yeah. They, you know, eventually they, they realized like, you know, I made a mistake because I'm human. I didn't mm -hmm. make a mistake because I was trying to be rude or crude or, 
or you know mean or I wanted to destroy their careers or anything like that. They just realized, well, you know what? You were just being human. Yeah. And and sometimes we we just make a mistake because either we don't know and we need to learn or you know it's just it I think a lot of that is when we make mistakes like that is because we don't know or we don't understand. And if people are willing to take that time to kind of help you show you like, hey, well, if you don't understand, well, man, I'm a, I'm a resource. Here's the tools. You know, this is what yeah. you need. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, even today, um, a new field that I'm, I'm trying to move more into is working on film stuff. And I have a great film working community here in Kansas City. And there are some people that I can reach out to when I, I go, I don't know this part of the industry. What does this mean? And people are willing just to help. Um, however, you know, when you actually move into actually working with some of the, the industry people, they they expect you to know everything. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that's not the case. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, what do you think is, like, your entire journey with sound engineering and anything that you've kind of went off into with it what would you say your favorite gig that you took up or show that you took up was wow. <laughs> <clears throat> well I, you know again it's kind of one of the it's it's there's so many different aspects of each one mm -hmm. you know uh, a childhood dream of mine was always to work on something from from star wars right mm -hmm. uh because that's just something i grew up with and to actually have the opportunity to work on lucasfilm stuff you know, for, uh, I worked on Lego Star Wars cartoons. I worked on Lego Star Wars video games. Uh, I did stuff for, you know, uh, the, the Disney parks, uh, where we recorded some audio for, you know, uh, the, what is it? Galaxy's Edge, uh, mm -hmm. in both parks in, uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Um, so, you know, for me to feel like, wow, I finally, that was kind of one of those childhood things. Um, one of the biggest accomplishments that I've always wanted to do was I always wanted to record a, and I was very specific by this, I, I wanted to record a 20 voice uh, choir, gospel choir. <laughs> and I had that opportunity early on in my career and man, what a fantastic thing. Um, it, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint, you know, one thing because everything brought me joy from a different aspect. Yeah. And it was a, a new milestone for me or it was a new a new achievement. I mean, in, you know, in video game terms, cause I always tell my daughter, <laughs> is, you know, like it's a new achieved level, right? You know, you yeah. I beat whatever boss was in front of me and now I've, <laughs> I've leveled up yeah. and now I have acquired these skills in order for me to do this and do that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't just go attack a boss when you don't have the skills um, or the weapon that you need. Right. Uh, He's like, I brought up my coffee cup that I used in the last level. <laughs> And, and it's so, you know, for live sound, I mean, wow, you know, being able to mix audio in front of a, a 10,000 seat hockey arena was frightening, <laughs> but super cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, something that, you know, when you've worked doing churches or things that kind of thing, you know, that nature, small clubs, small, you know, whatever it is to finally be in the arena where you're in a, a, an actual arena, a, a hockey mm -hmm. arena, and there's 10,000 fans and they're screaming, you're going, my gosh, like, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, there's each, each job, to me, I always try to find something very special about each one. Mm -hmm. And whether it's creating community, whether it's connecting with the artists, whether it's 
connecting with the fans of that artist or whatever. I just, it's always a new experience for me. So it's hard to really pinpoint or pick just one. But yeah, everything's very special to me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's airing that like you got to do your childhood dream. Um, a recent thing that's been a huge topic in my life is kind of revisiting your child and revisiting that inner kid and like what did they want to do because often we grow up and we're like oh like that was that was like a kid dream like I actually got to do real life and it's like what you can do real life and do what that kid wanted and so to for you to be able to kind of heal that inner kid or like protect that inner kid and allow it to do the things it wanted while it also literally being your job was mm -hmm. probably huge for you and probably like comforted the crap out of your inner kid they were like let's go lego star wars yeah i mean it's like you know and then you know you get opportunities like to work on stuff for marvel and you get on you know you're working on stuff for dreamworks and you work for warner brothers and it's like you know the doors just kept opening up and yeah i mean you know it's 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 amazing it's all an amazing experience it's it's a great milestone mm -hmm. at the end of the day what makes me happy is you know the people around me that you know that, that i can impact and yeah. make them feel special you know that's just kind of that's kind of it for me yeah i think um talking about making people feel special we did the fozzy tour and that was the first time we had met before um yeah. on other tours but this was the first time that we were going to basically be living in a bus together for two months <laughs> and um that's quite the like jump like i've i've met you a couple times now let's live together for two months in a small bus. right in a small confined space <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um so we all went in and it was it was a fresh relationship and it's a very like stressful environment when you're on tour a lot of people think that it's just oh you just get to go in and play music and have fun and, and you do get to do that and there's sure. also a lot of stressful parts of tour and especially after a show the adrenaline's wearing off like you're in a confined space like trying to like let loose of that scene someone's trying to cook something in the microwave but you're starving <laughs> and there's a lot of tests for relationships on tour um but something that i like genuinely remembered from that tour and it was literally the start of the tour is that every morning not only did i watch like the sunrise from out of the bus but i literally watched the sunrise in our bus with you and mm -hmm. every morning you'd be like good morning like what's up and it was literally like i was just blinded with positivity and you could only like sit there and you couldn't help yourself but think like oh my word like this dude he's so positive how how is he so positive like it's crazy and i remember that like a week into tour i was like reflecting on myself being like hmm, i'm too negative i should be more positive i should be like mr isaac <laughs> I, I should i should change some things up and it, it was it was absolutely wild and i have never met someone so not even just positive but just like so upright and so just loving and caring and you truly reflect that example of what christ wants us to be and right. it wasn't just during like the fun times it wasn't just during the like oh yeah like this is so easy to be positive it was during the like bad times too there was some stressful times there was some times where there were fights or yells and it was always you who was like you know like that's okay like we keep going or you know we just got to shake it off like don't let them don't let them get under your skin like we keep going and it was so crazy but i think you were a very strong part of keeping that tour together like truthfully <laughs> and, and from my perspective like you were like one of the building bricks that were like sitting there holding us together and you left i think for a week on that tour and life fell apart we're like where's mr isaac where is he man he needs to come back <laughs> so it, it was it was crazy to have that 
be a part of it. And you, you truly were just it shown onto everybody even like people that on that tour that we know <laughs> that were like uh th this person's never gonna change like it's gonna be like this you were even getting to them i don't know how you did it <laughs> you were even getting to them <laughs> and so i think that it's so crazy how your your impact whether you know it or not is going or your like being is going to impact other people and if that's negative like you can truly negatively impact people's lives especially being stuck in two months together but because yeah. you were so positive and you were so loving and caring and you showed that compassion to everyone whether they were like working with another band or they were in our band it was it was great and i think that that made the tour so special and it was such like a memorable tour not only because we had sold out shows or like really good nights with merch it was like dude the, the, we would come back in and you were like you guys sounded great like i said you were watching your streams you're like dude you were playing so well like you should have seen the smile i saw on like this particular person's face <laughs> like i saw this person at merch and i was just talking with them and it was so cheery and bright and i think that that attitude really like takes you places and i'm sure everyone you've worked with has also come out saying the same thing of like dude that that isaac man like I need to I need to change up my life. <laughs> He's over here, just hitting my heart with all the good feels. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the tour and just kind of ask, what were your favorite memories on that tour? Because we made a lot. <laughs> we made a lot of memories. I think my, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. Um, because, and I'd like to say this: a lot of the the positivity really comes down to a choice. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> granted I, there are days that i have my bad days mm -hmm. um but i choose how i react mm -hmm. you know it's it's a cho for me it's a choice i know for some people it may be a little harder to make those choices and stuff like that but for me i make a choice to say am i going to let this affect me or i'm just going to keep moving forward mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things you know growing up um and I don't want to get too too deep into it, but you know, growing up as a as a little Latino kid, a lot of people used to make fun of me. I used to have a real heavy Spanish accent when I was a kid, mm -hmm. so a lot of people made fun of me, and I could have at least allowed that to destroy me mm -hmm. or make me a better person. And what I did was I would take that and I'd be like, I'm not going to take that negativity and let it crush my spirit or crush my soul. But I'm going to use it to maybe evaluate who I am or what I'm doing. And is there a better way to do it? Is there a better way to be? And then, you know, if it was like, if I look at myself and I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm being me. That's, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. That's okay. And I could just keep moving forward and not worry about what people said about me. Mm -hmm. um, or I would look at it and go, you know what? That is probably something I need to change in my life. Or that is probably something I need to correct or something like Like I said, if you don't know, you know, how to do something you'd learn how to do it so you can get better at it and i think it's because of those choices young on you know early on that as i grew grew older it was kind of that's just kind of the way i am i look at each situation i kind of go all right is this going to affect me for right now or is this going to affect me for the long term mm -hmm. if it's just right now no worries if it's mm -hmm. something for the long term we need to make some changes and make some decisions mm -hmm. you know kind of thing so uh, so thank you for noticing you know that i it, it was a lot of effort mm -hmm. to now on the tour, obviously it becomes a habit of how you deal with stuff yeah. now on the tour. My favorite part in all honesty was connecting with you and your family. Um, 
to me, you guys made me feel a part of the family, especially since the fact that I came out of tour, uh, out of out of retirement to, mm-hmm. to go on tour because, you know, I had stopped touring. I wanted to only do studio stuff and just kind of stay close to home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's because of your family and who you guys were that I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of something that was going to make an impact. So mm-hmm. my favorite part was connecting with each one of you and, you know, connecting with your dad, connecting with your mom. <laughs> um, you know, we would get up early and sometimes we'd go out and have breakfast together yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, celebrating with you guys at the end of every night. Um, you know, the your, your, especially with you when you would talk about your you know, who you got to speak with, who you got to pray with that night and stuff like that. I was, I was so excited to hear. I wanted to know like <laughs> what happened? Like really like th- th- that really happened. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I just, I wanted to see you guys win so bad every night. So for me, my favorite part was really just connecting with you. Now I love traveling. I love touring. I love seeing different places, but the reason I like seeing different places is because I like making an impact wherever I'm at. And yeah. being able to leave and say, I've done what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So for me, connecting with you guys, <laughs> uh, obviously the music was great. Everybody on tour was great. It just, mm-hmm. but, you know, knowing that now I have a forever relationship with you guys has been just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's so sweet. I think, um, yeah, I think that the huge huge part of us for touring was you know we're this is our home this is our home for the next two months so why do we not like welcome everyone into it and and create that bond because it does get hard and especially as christians out there sharing the gospel we believe there's a target on our back because satan obviously hates that and wants to destroy it and so uh, there's nothing more important to us than having that bond and being there for each other and holding fast to it and then when you get off tour your family is still there you may not be all living in the same home but you all are still family and so even still getting to like text you every so often it's like i want to see how mr isaac's doing or like i'll see you pop up on my instagram i'm like oh mr isaac (laughs) so i think it's it it was really important to us and me to have that like family bond and really connect with each other and actually want to know more about each other and not just work with each other yeah it was Um, more than just a working experience it was definitely connecting and growing together and, and, and being better together, making challenging each one of us. So mm-hmm. I think uh, another one of my favorite parts about that tour was all of the food that we got to eat. We literally oh. had so many good, either sweets or meals or just <laughs> snacks that we had found. But Topo one of them, dude, yes, Topo Chico in Tahin. Let me tell you, your life forever changed. First of all, we had a whole chant that I still say in my head. Anytime I see Topo Chico, I go, Topo Chico, Topo Chico. But um, we, we literally have bottles of tahine in this household now because of you like you you showed me the way i was like i'm forever changed man i can't eat watermelon without it i can't eat mango without it fruits are not the same anymore but i think the just literally getting to taste food together not only brings you together like closer but it also keeps you happy and there were countless upon countless food places that we went to that we were like, this is the thought. This is the best one on tour. This is this is it. 
and then oh, we go yeah. to the next place and be like, well, this is it. This is now. Yeah. This is the one. <laughs> you guys introduced me to so many different types of foods and stuff like that. I was I was amazed. I had I had a blast. <laughs> it, it was I could have I could have just done that and went home and been fine. I'm be like sick. We just got to throw in a bunch of food. Even yep. some of the gas stations we stopped at, dude. We would like, get something and you you come out of the gas station and be like I got a fried Oreo corn dog. I'd be like, wow, how did you find that at a gas station, Mister? And you'd be like, yeah, it's not that bad. This pretty good. <laughs> it it was wild, but um. Yeah, it was so fun. And then I remember there was one night. I don't even know if we're supposed to say this, but there was one night we were in a green room and they had tons of Topo Chico. And oh. we were like, dude, we need more Topo Chico on the bus. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 we snuck out maybe 24 bottles or something like that. <laughs> we snuck it. And then every time we have it, we're like, you want a green room Topo Chico? Yeah. <laughs> we still got some left. Yep. Oh, my word. Oh, my, favorite, was my favorite drink. It's my favorite drink. <laughs> it's a good it's a good drink especially yeah. if you're trying to drink water and you're like i don't want water you pop open a topo chico get that nice crisp water it's, yep, it's perfect awesome. <laughs> all right um to finish to finish off we kind of touched on the positivity thing yeah. and um how it how you not only like kind of grew into your choice of being positive but mm -hmm. how it affects you daily like, it's a daily choice that you have to take up um, mm -hmm. I wanted to just talk about being positive and maybe people who want to be positive, but they just don't know how, because I get mm -hmm. it. There, there's times in life you're like, how do you, how are you positive in this situation? Like this, this sucks. There, there's no way around it. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to talk about maybe just tips or your advice on being positive in a world full of negativity and full of just like kind of forcing the worst situation on everyone. You know, it, no one ever says best case scenario anymore everyone's like well worst case scenario this happens worst case scenario this happens and it's like yeah there are worst case scenarios but no one ever talks about like best case scenario this happens like well let's look at the bright side and right. i feel like the world needs more of you <laughs> and more of your positivity so i want to just see if you had any advice or just tips on how you could stay positive or choose positivity even in the light of the worst situation uh one of the things that i i say a lot uh is you're okay to have your emotions and your feelings, but don't let your emotions and your feelings have you. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when a situation comes up and it's difficult and it's hard and you have to make this choice about positivity or whatever it is, um, you're allowed to cry. Let it hurt you. Let it, you know, whatever it, whatever it did to you, whatever emotion that you have, go ahead and let that emotion come out. Don't bottle it up. But, you know... I grew up in a generation where, you know, when something like that happened, we would say, now pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and just take the next step mm -hmm. and move forward. Always move forward. Always try to move forward. Um, and so with that, for me, you know, it's, you know, especially like losing my dad not too long ago. Um, it was hard. It was tough. It was a very, very tough thing to lose. You know, especially like I mentioned, he was, you know, a mentor of mine, somebody who fed into me, not only because he was my dad, but also taught me things about God and ministry and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And <clears throat> to lose somebody like that in your life and be able to pick yourself up and go, I'm onto my, I, I'm, I'm onto, not that I've forgotten who he was. I had my emotions. I let my emotions out. I expressed everything that I needed to express. But then I picked myself up, dust myself off, 
and I moved forward. What would my dad want me to do? How would my dad want me to live? How would my dad want me to take care of this or take care of that? And so I had this new purpose, this newfound purpose. Mm-hmm. So I know every situation is different. And it's always hard to say, well, this is your fix all. Mm-hmm. But really, I think the most important thing is if you can step back. And like I said, if there's an emotion involved, allow the emotion to take place. Collect yourself. Dust yourself off and find out what's the next step forward. How do we continue to move forward? Mm -hmm. Um, So really, that's probably the best advice that I could give because that's that's how I live my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not I I know you make me sound like a a fantastic (laughs) person and I appreciate that. Um, And I'm so glad that that comes out. But trust me, there's a lot of struggle that goes on on the inside. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I deal a lot with imposter syndrome. Like, do I belong in this space? Do I belong here? Do I, do I belong in the rooms that I'm in? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's those moments that I realize that God will only open the doors that I'm supposed to walk through. Yeah. And if it so happens to be that it's a room full of millionaires, or a room full of you know huge business execs, or you know whatever it is, I'm in that space because God told me that I'm supposed to be in that space. Yeah. So. <clears throat> But it's a daily thing for me to go, I belong here. I'm yeah. supposed to be here. That's and it's a choice. It really is. It comes down to a choice. But I don't ever want anybody to ever feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying don't have your emotions, don't have your feelings. You know, no, have your emotions, have your feelings, cry it out, scream it out, yell it out, punch a pillow, whatever <laughs> it is to get that emotion out. Don't bottle it up because when you bottle it up, Eventually, it's going to blow up on somebody. Yeah. But if you can let all that stuff out and let it all go as, as quickly as possible, for you to take that next step forward is going to be a whole lot easier because you'll be able to evaluate with a clear head going, well, how did I get there? Was it a decision that I made that brought me to this situation that I'm in or, mm-hmm. you know, or something else? Now, the biggest part of who Isaac is is his faith. Mm-hmm. Wholeheartedly believe in God and who God says he is and what he said he will do. If yeah. I truly believe what the Bible says and who God says he is, then that's, I mean, he is who he says he is, and mm-hmm. he will do what he said he will do in my life. Mm-hmm. I am everything he says about me. Mm-hmm. I am his child. I am his heir. I am his, you know, I, I have everything. I have every good and perfect gift. It, it, I'm not a mistake. I'm not, you know, Whatever it is that you can tell yourself that you're not, God says things otherwise that that will say he loves you. He cares about you. There's grace for you. There's mercy for you. There's forgiveness for you. Anything that can just wipe away all that hurt and that pain, he's there for you. Now, you may not go, I don't know what that looks like. And sometimes it may just be a person in your life Mm -hmm. that can step in and be that example of Christ at that moment and that time for you. So just know that you're not alone. There are people here to support you, to love on you, to see you through this journey that's called life. Mm-hmm. And we're here doing it together. And yeah. some of us are going to make mistakes. Some of us are going to stumble and fall. But if we have people in community around us to pick us up, dust us off and help us take the next step, we're all going to succeed. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that Satan is real. A lot of times yeah. people think that Satan is just oh, he's just like for murderers or he's just for people who steal. 
And it's like, no, Satan is after every single one of us. He's he's not just after the bad guys. Like, right. he's after all of us. You you oh, could be in your kitchen, and he could be sitting there whispering like, "You're not enough." He could be sitting there whispering like, "You're not you're not you're not worthy of this. You're not worthy of the position of job you're at. You, you're not you don't understand. You're not ready for it yet. You, you're not good for that." Or he could whisper all the way to like. That makes you too anxious. You can't conquer that. Like you're you're way too anxious for that. You, you're not gonna have to like back up. That you're that's not for you. That's not for you. And you have to realize that that voice is not yours. And that's something that even I'm going through with my ther- therapist talking about is that sometimes we we think that inner voice in our head is either God or us. And she's like, you have to remember, there's a third person in there trying to whisper to you and lie to you and it's not you and it's not god and it is satan and he's going to try to knock you down as hard as he can and he knows what buttons to push he's he's worse than a sibling he knows exactly where to push those buttons and he's going to he's going to do it as much as he can and as a christian we believe that he can't possess you but he can most definitely sit there and whisper over and over and over and once you believe it he's like got him i won and, mm-hmm. and it's hard. It's hard to pick yourself back up, like you said, after after you've kind of accepted that, like, oh, maybe I am. Or I keep telling myself that, so that's what I believe. Or mm, I think God's telling me, like, I'm too anxious. I can't do that. He's trying to, like, tell me not to do it. And you have to remember that God has conquered all of it. He's conquered all anxiety. He's conquered all depression. doesn't mean that we won't deal with it still because we're, we're yeah. sinful human beings and right. we fall in this fallen world. And so it doesn't mean you're an awful person if you deal with anxiety or depression or any other mental illness or issue that you go through even just insecurities it doesn't mean you're an awful person if you have them it just means you're human and it means you're a strong human at that because if satan is trying that hard to knock you down you have that much of a purpose in this life and he's going to try to hold you back because he knows once you get to that point he's not going to be able to he knows you're going to get to a point where you've you've not only won through christ but you you're able to be like i did that like with god's help i conquered that god is no longer having to pull me out of it i'm walking alongside god through it and so i think it's really important to remember when it gets super tough when you get to those points where you're like dude i'm just I, i i think i need to take a step back like i can't i can't do this anymore to sit there and really think like this could be satan trying to stop me before i reach the point i need to be at this could be Satan trying to hold me back because one more step and where I'm where God needs me to be speaking to people. It could be if you have social anxiety, maybe that little voice telling you like, oh, you can't you can't do that public speaking. You'll, you'll, you'll literally die. Like You can't do that. That's that's yeah. too much for you. And God could be saying, hey, that's exactly where I need you to be. So stop listening to that voice and listen to me. I've got you like focus on me like he did to Peter. He's like, hey, just listen. Look at me. Look at me. Focus yeah. on me. And I I think that's something that's really important in a world full of voices that are telling you a bunch of negative things, a bunch of just kind of self-doubt things, kind of teaching you to second guess yourself. God's saying, hey, look at me, look at me. (laughs) Stop focusing on social media. Stop focusing on what everyone else is telling you to do. Look at me because even the people closest to you, they're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes. They're not perfect. They're going to say things that isn't what God wants you to do. So at the end of the day, who you should be focusing on is God. And I think that's really important. It's what's helped pull me through struggles and stay positive is that like, yeah, I don't got this, but God has this. And as long mm-hmm. as he's got this, I'll be good. And we're promising the Bible that God's always got it. We don't ever have to doubt that. Oh, is, is Satan going to win this time? Like I'm on the edge of my seat. Is he, is he going to be able to pull him down? Like God has told us the end of the story, which yeah. is 
he's won. He he's already won the battle. That's and right. I think that that's why Satan tries even harder because he knows he's going to lose. And so he's like, who can I take down with me? Who, how can I make them miserable? And so you have to remember that little voice that tells you, you're not worthy enough. You're not enough for this. You can't do this. Like, stop talking. You're too loud. Or, like, speak up. You're too quiet. You're exactly who you're supposed to be. You're exactly who God made you to be. You're going to fall. You're going to sin. You're going to mess up. But as long as you get up and shake off and you keep going, like, God's, that's what God wants for you. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to become this person that you're not, you know? As long as you are trying to be as much as him as possible, but still understanding that you're never going to be perfect. Because that's, that's another thing that mm-hmm. I kind of was dealing with. Uh, I was like, I, I have to be like the perfect Christian, you know? I got to mess up as little as possible. And my therapist was like, then why did God die on the cross? Why, yeah. why did Jesus sacrifice his life if you can be perfect? Like, he did it because he knew you would mess up. She's like, I'm not saying go do everything you want right. to do that's wrong because God doesn't have these rules to have rules. He's, he's literally just trying to lay out like this is how you could live like the best life. He's not saying don't go and kill someone because he's like, I, I get to tell you what to do. He's saying don't go and kill someone because you're going to spend your life in prison. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's trying to just kind of point out the life that he has planned out for you and like, hey, this is it's just kind of like guidance, you know, as much as a parent says, hey, don't be 12 and drive down to the end of the road or whatever, because you probably don't know how to drive. They're like, here, take it a step by a time. You're going to fail, but it's okay. We're here for you. We're going to come for you when you mess up, like, and we'll help guide you how to be better. And I think remembering that, remembering you're going to mess up, remembering that you aren't a failure just because you messed up. Like, you are not what that insecurity is telling you you are. You are so much stronger than that, and you can keep going. You can be positive. You can make a difference whether you've failed 20 times or 200 times. Like, you can still be used. And I think that everyone has their purpose and meaning in life. And if you let Satan take that away from you, it's, it's, you're not going to be able to share that light with someone. But if you get back up and you use that purpose and you use that story, whether it's one that seems simple to others or one that seems impossible to others, you use that and you share that. You, if you help one person, like, that's one person helped. And I think that that's something that really strives me for anything I do. I don't do it because I'm like, oh, I'm going to become the best at it. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, this, and this. And it's like, if I can just make one person smile, if I can just make one person, like, get a little positivity in their life. Or if they listen to this and they're like, oh, like, I, I want to try being more positive. I want to try being a better impact on my siblings or my children or my coworkers. Mm-hmm. That's, all, that's all I want, you know? I, I want mm-hmm. people to just realize that, hey, you can start today. Just because you've been negative your whole life doesn't mean you have to stay that way. Satan's going to try a lie. He's like, nah, you're too negative. You can't change. Like, this right. is who you are. But you can make that choice every day. And you can be like, hey, I'm going to choose to live as positive as I can. And if I mess up, that's okay. I'm going to get that's back right. up, shake it off, and I'm going to be positive again. And I think that you are such a good example of that. And that's why I literally invited you. I was like, dude, I, if I'm going to speak with anyone about being positive, it's going to be this dude right here. Because he knows. There's something, there's something in that brain that knows something we don't. So I really appreciate you joining me and sharing things that are not only vulnerable, but just things that you've, you've learned throughout life and how to conquer those really hard moments with positivity and Christ's love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I love you. And I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of the person that you are and that you're going to become and the, the giftings and the talents that you have and the abilities that you have. And um, you're going to do you're going to do some big things. Do some big things. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, there's one last thing that we do yeah. that I have a part of my podcast before we kind of end it out with our little outro. And okay. it's just one Is question. It, Chico? <laughs> it should be. Honestly, I should have changed it for this one. Um, it's a little, I set up a 15 minute timer. Oh, not 50, 15. And yeah. we try to see how many punches you can do in 15 seconds. So you can do air boxing. You can do little like punches, like little tiny All ones. Right. I'm going right. to <laughs> set a 15 second timer. You got to see how many you can do, okay? Do we I gotta, get to count them or you get to count them? You should count them. Yeah, you should probably count because I'm probably, I won't do the wrong. All right. I'll tell you when the timer starts and when All it right. finishes. You ready? Okay. All right. Ready, set, go. <laughs> He's punching the negativity away. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> Four, three, two, one, zero. Okay, how many 63. did you do? 63. 63? I'm not going to mess with you. You can do 63 <laughs> punches? Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. All right. Well, we got 63. We got 63 on the clock. You know, I, I would feel like that could be up there in the record. I don't know. Right, that, right, that was a strong, right. that was strong start. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me and sharing not only your like engineering tips and just kind of life with that, but also sharing how to be positive in whatever career or life that you choose to have, you know, whether you're in engineering or you're a person working at the grocery store, that little positivity could change anyone's life. And, um, and really I'm here for it. anybody, for any of your listeners, watchers, whatever, if they just need somebody just to give them an encouraging word or just, a, you know, somebody that they just need to talk to, they can hit me up on my socials. I'll be more than happy to, to, to talk to them, even if it's in the music industry and they just want tips or something like that. I'm here. I'm here. What, and what is your socials too? I'll link it, but also what are your socials in case they're just listening? Of course you would ask me that. <laughs> uh, I'm on Instagram, I think under Isaac underscore Marino. Uh, Facebook, I think it's mixing it up one or something like that on facebook uh twitter is isaac 1073 or isaac m 1073 and see i knew you would ask me uh and on uh whatchamacallit tiktok 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 on tiktok i'm uh kingdom come studio So make sure you check out Mr. Isaac. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the description. And if you're watching or listening on any podcast site, it'll be in the little description as well linked. Make sure you go. If you have any questions about life or sound or anything else, I'm sure he could come up with an answer. So if you want to <laughs> ask him, check him out. Make sure you follow me on all social media at Ludowissi and keep an eye out for more podcasts, whether you're watching or listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast, become a Ludoweenie, leave a five-star rating and review, but don't be a meanie. And remember that you are always a queenie. We love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye!